Hello and welcome to another episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm JW. And today we're going to be talking about the crazy week 18 in the NFL that just happened. And we're also going to preview Super Wild Card Weekend, which has six games this year, two on Saturday, three on Sunday. And for the first time ever, there will be an NFL playoff game on a Monday. So there's a lot of things to talk to. So let's get right into it with one of the biggest games of the year. And I thought the best game of the year, the Chargers and the Raiders played on Sunday night football this past week. As I said, I thought it was the best game of the year. There were so many twists and turns. There was the possibility that if the Chargers and the Raiders tied, they could both make the playoffs. And after the Colts lost to the Jaguars, that possibility became a reality. But despite that, both teams played for the win. The Raiders ended up coming up top in overtime by a score of 35 to 32. And I guess there's a lot of things to talk about, but what was your biggest impression from this game? I mean, wow. For the Raiders, this is amazing. You know, their head coach leaves earlier in the year. First round pick, uh, multiple first, two of their first round picks from the last three years have been kicked off the team, and they still find a way to make it to the playoffs with an interim head coach. Derek Carr showed why he's just a great franchise quarterback for the Raiders. He's going to be the guy for years to come. There's some speculation around that early, like before the season, whether he could really be the guy, and I think he's shown that. And this Raiders team is. They're serious. They can beat anyone if they're having a good day in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the interim head coach, I think his name is like Visaccia or something like yeah, that. Visaccia. Yeah, he has done a tremendous job. I, I think uh, he's the first interim head coach to ever lead a team to the playoffs in the entire history of the NFL. So obviously, given all the dysfunction in the Raiders organization, being able to get rid of it and take them to the playoffs is incredible. And he might be kept as the Raiders head coach just because he's done such a good job. But honestly, I thought uh, the game, a crime was committed last Sunday because we were robbed as NFL fans of the opportunity to watch Justin Herbert in the playoffs. I know he lost the game, but he was spectacular. I mean, if they had won, we would be talking about it as one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history, one of the greatest drives in NFL history. On back-to-back drives, he had to convert on fourth downs over and over again. The Chargers went six for seven on fourth down in that game, which is unheard of. And these weren't short fourth downs. These were fourth and tens fourth and 12s, where if they didn't convert, they lost the game. But Justin Herbert found a way to convert every single time. He threw some absolute dimes to receivers who were exhausted. They were on the field so much, they couldn't run anymore. They were praying that their team would call a timeout so they could get some rest. And despite that, Justin Herbert found a way to come back from being down 29-15 and tie the game And honestly, I was really disappointed at the end because I wanted to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs. And the Raiders had an opportunity at the end to go for the tie. 
And it looked like they were going to go for the tie. They were about at midfield. And obviously, if they tied, both teams would win because that means they would be both in the playoffs and the Steelers wouldn't be. But then Chargers coach Brandon Staley called a timeout. Apparently, that sort of shifted the mindset of the Raiders, and they ended up going for the win, kicked the game-winning field goal. I know you have thoughts about what Staley I mean, did. yeah, I think Brandon Staley is kind of just – I mean, what is he doing calling a timeout right there, not putting his team in a situation to get into the playoffs? Like, I get that it, it helps you win the game over a tie, but all you can really ask for as the, as the Chargers at that situation is a tie. So, like, why are you calling the timeout, you know? His, his fourth down percentage was great um, this past game. It has been pretty terrible in some games before that has lost in the game when they're going, like, 0 for 4 on fourth down and going for it on, like, fourth and three on their own 35. And so I think him going for fourth down, it got them back in this game, but it's also taken them out of some close games previously in the season. So I don't think he's a very good head coach as far as the fourth down and the timeout management goes. But him developing Justin Herbert into a great quarterback, he's he's done that very well. So, I mean, I see what you're saying about him developing Justin Herbert, but he's a defensive coach. So his job should be to prioritize the defense, to make sure that the defense is as good as it can possibly be, to make sure that he can build a defense that's good enough to help Justin Herbert make the playoffs and make a playoff push. And the Chargers defense this year – was one of the worst in the NFL. He was supposed to be this defensive mastermind, and yet he really couldn't figure out the defense, especially the run defense this year, which is definitely something that the Chargers need to address in the offseason. As for the timeout you're talking about, I mean, technically, the Raiders would have still been able to run one more play if he didn't call the timeout, but I do get the perspective that calling a timeout changed their mindset, and that was why they decided to win the game. But as for all his aggressiveness, I don't really see it as that bad of a thing because if he was this aggressive and it paid off, everyone would be talking about how great Brandon Staley is. But just because he missed, he had, in my opinion, just one bad call, which was going for it on fourth and two on your own 18-yard line, which ended up costing the Chargers three points, which is what they lost by. But besides that, I think his aggressiveness is a good thing, and he's going to learn from this and learn to use his aggressiveness in certain moments and not all the time. Because if you're ultra-aggressive all the time and go for it on every single fourth down, you become predictable, and that's not something you can be in the NFL. Yeah. So moving on. Just recently, one of the breaking news in the NFL is that uh, Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores was surprisingly fired. This came out of nowhere because Brian Flores is widely considered to be one of the best head coaches in the NFL. He just led the Dolphins to back-to-back winning seasons, so that's why it came as a shock to almost everyone that he was let go what was your thoughts I mean, this on this is firing? Just so confusing because he's got a, a pretty average roster like they're solid on defense they've got a few weapons but i mean pretty bad quarterback into a 
he hasn't played well at all in his NFL career. Not a very good O-line. And they've found ways to put together winning seasons with not great teams. And really, I think the general managers should be the one fired for picking Tua, who's just been a bust, not really putting a great team out there on the field. Brian Flores is working with what he's got and doing amazing. You know, they did, while they didn't get to the playoffs, I mean, you know, they started out one and seven. Like, what? what's the most you can do? Yeah, I mean, I think Brian Flores is a phenomenal head coach. I think he's going to get whatever head coaching job is open that he wants in this offseason. I think if the Raiders choose not to re-sign their interim head coach, he's a great option there. The Texans, it would be a great fit with the Texans. I think really any job, any team that needs a head coach should try and get Brian Flores because he has proven that he's a phenomenal head coach in the NFL. But in my opinion, this just shows that some NFL teams are just really incompetent. They have no idea what they're doing. Their owners are really selfish and they prioritize making themselves look good over making good decisions for the team. And the reason I say this is because one of the reports that came out is that the reason that the Dolphins fired Brian Flores is because he did not think Tua was going to be a good quarterback and he did not have a good relationship with Tua. But the GM, Chris Greer, and the owner, Stephen Ross, they were the ones who decided to pick Tua. So they were much more favorable towards him and wanted to keep him. And I get that you picked Tua and you want to stick by him and you want to see this through. But if Brian Flores, who has proven to be a great head coach and a really smart football guy, doesn't like him, then maybe he's not the quarterback for your future. Ultimately, this is, I think, going to be one of the worst head coaching firings in NFL history. And it, this just shows maybe Brian Flores is better off without the Dolphins and without Tua. Because, as I said, he can go wherever he wants. Yeah, he's clearly proven himself to be the best coach available to hire this offseason. He's the number one guy every team's going to want that has an opening. And, I mean... If he doesn't like Tua, I mean, should he really have to stay in Miami where they're forcing him to? Because he can go to any other team and probably take them, get them winning in two to three years. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, let's talk about one of the biggest shocks of the week. We talked about how there was a possibility that the Chargers and Raiders could both make the playoffs if they tied. And that was possible due to the Colts losing at Jacksonville in one of the biggest upsets of the year. And I know you have some thoughts about this. I mean, this. yeah, like, what the heck happened to the Colts, man? I mean, the Colts are just – they're this close to making the playoffs. They're, got, they're going against the worst team in the league. I mean, just absolutely terrible The Jacksonville Jaguars are. Don't have a head coach. And they just – I mean, Carson Wentz throws a pick – they can't get anything going on offense. They don't even have over, like, 200 passing yards in a game that they're down. And they make Trevor Lawrence, who's looked terrible throughout the year, look amazing. And it's, I mean, this organization that they're playing is dysfunctional. All you have to do is roll in there, get an easy win. Even the Texans got two wins versus the Jaguars. Like, what, what is this Colts team doing with the season on the line? Yeah, I mean, this is just a classic choke job. 
The Colts had no business losing this game. The Jaguars had no business winning this game. The Colts were better at every single position. And as you said, they just were terrible. Carson Wentz played poorly. Jonathan Taylor played poorly. The defense played poorly. And some people are saying this should mark the end of Carson Wentz's tenure in Indianapolis. I don't really agree because if you look beyond the past two weeks, Carson Wentz actually had a pretty solid year. And I think that with another year in that offensive system, he can improve. He has a great running back in Jonathan Taylor. He has a great line and a good defense. So he's in a good position to succeed. But at the same time, you can't be playing like that in the biggest Yeah, you moments. can't have your biggest game of the year, get into the playoffs. You've got a $30 million quarterback. You got an MVP candidate at running back, like seven pro bowlers, defensive player of the year candidate, a linebacker, and doing that to just one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, that was that was really disappointing because I was also excited to see the Colts in the playoffs and see what they could do with their strong run offense and their great defense. So now that we've talked about week 18, let's transition now over to super wild card weekend. As I said before, there's a huge slate of games, games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So let's go ahead and predict a few of these games. Let's start with the night game on Saturday. The New England Patriots travel to Buffalo to play the Buffalo Bills in a rematch of when famously the Patriots beat the Bills by only throwing three times. Do you think the Patriots will find similar success in this game? Yeah, I think they will because I can tell you it's going to be four degrees. Four. Okay, it's going to be freezing, snowing. They're up like pretty much in Canada almost. It's The Patriots' run game is what's going to carry them to a dub. And if, if they can really get this run game going with Damian Harris, I mean, there is no stopping them. We saw that the last snow game that they had um, where they Matt Jones only threw the ball twice and they won the game. So if they can get, get it running like that game, I think the Patriots can cruise to a W. So do you think they're going to win the game? Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills because I think the Bills were embarrassed so much the uh, – when they played the Patriots earlier and they won by only throwing three times, that they now are so motivated to make sure that they don't lose this game. The Bills can't lose this game. If they lose this game, everyone is going to talk about them as frauds who really can never contend for a Super Bowl and always lose games they should be winning. So I think the Bills will be extremely motivated. I think Sean McDermott, who I think is a great head coach, will do a great job of motivating them sure it's really cold there's probably not going to be a lot of passes and the bills don't have a great run offense but i think that josh allen's running ability will come in huge in this game i think he's going to come up with some big runs and be a huge factor in goal line situations it's going to be very low scoring in my opinion not a lot of points both defenses are pretty good but i think the bills come out on top because of their X factor at quarterback and move on to the next round. So let's move on and talk about another one of the big games. This one on Sunday, 
the Cowboys play the San Francisco 49ers in Dallas at, in the afternoon. Who do you think is going to win this game? Honestly, I just don't think the San Francisco 49ers are on the same level as the Dallas Cowboys. Now, obviously, Dallas could show up and have their, like, you know, every, like, four or five weeks just have a game that they just blow and they just suck, okay? But I think Dallas is is definitely going to win this game. They're just better at almost every position except for, like, tight end and maybe, like, defensive end. I think Dallas just overwhelmingly better than the Niners. I'm going to pick San Francisco in this game because I think that having one of the first home playoff games in a long time, the Cowboys will choke under the pressure. I think Mike McCarthy is going to make some terrible game management decisions. I think Dak Prescott is going to struggle. And that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play one of his best games as a pro. And actually just found this stat uh, earlier today, but the Cowboys, I think, are actually kind of overrated because of what they've been able to do against the NFC East. In their division, the Cowboys were 6-0 and this year. I mean, They did yeah, not lose a single game. I know. Their division know. is terrible. But out of division... The Cowboys went six and five. What does that tell you? That means the Cowboys prey on weaker teams, just like okay, they okay. did. Okay, but they were also number one last year, so they're playing at least four number one teams outside of their division. Four like of last year's number one teams outside of their division because of how the NFL scheduling works. So, you know, it, it kind of balances out that, like, they're going to get some losses because they're playing great teams. But at the same time, you're still getting six free wins. And I think some one of the reasons um, that there's so much hype around the Cowboys, beyond them just being the Cowboys and they're having so many fans, is that they've not only won all of their games in division, but they have blown out their division rivals. The game a few weeks ago against the Washington football team was ugly. The Cowboys scored over 50 points. And then this past week against the Philadelphia Eagles, they also scored hey, over Philadelphia 50 Eagles points. are a playoff team, and the Cowboys beat them by 25. But do you really think the Eagles like will even be competitive against no. someone like the Buccaneers? Okay, but the Eagles aren't, aren't that bad. They're not that bad. But my point is, against these mediocre and bad teams, the Cowboys look great. But then they go against a team like Arizona, and all of a sudden, Dak Prescott isn't the same guy. All of a sudden, Trayvon Diggs can't get interceptions because he's not playing against Gardner Minshew or other bad quarterbacks. So I think the Cowboys will struggle in this game. San Francisco has been really resurgent as of late. Their running game is really strong. Debo Samuel is one of the most underrated players in the league. One of the most unsung heroes this year. Talk about a guy who has a ton of rushing touchdowns, a ton of receiving touchdowns, a ton of scrimmage yards, and even had a passing touchdown this past game. Debo Samuel can do it all. He's a huge piece for the 49ers. I trust Kyle Shanahan more than I trust Mike McCarthy. So that's why I'm picking them. And I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think the 49ers are going to run away with this one. Now, for our final prediction, let's talk about 
the Monday night wildcard matchup, the biggest game of the week. The Rams play the Arizona Cardinals. Who you got in this game? Okay, I think I'm going to have to go with the Rams in this game. I mean, Matthew Stafford, uh, this is one of his first playoff games. I don't know if it's his first. He might have had one in with the Lions. I'm not sure. But he's he's got to have to show out in this game, and I think he will. He'll show up. He'll be dominant. He'll be, you know, like the Matthew Stafford of old who could just sling the ball all over the field. And I think this is going to be like him showing to, like, the world that – he is he's a guy. He's a dude. He can he can get it done in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I think the Rams are gonna win this game. It'll be Matthew Stafford's first ever playoff win. And I just think the Rams have a much more talented team than the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, their loss against the 49ers is a little concerning, but as I said, I think the 49ers are actually pretty good. And the Rams actually once they realized that Seattle had beaten the Cardinals and they had clinched the division, they kind of took the, their foot off the gas and weren't so focused on winning that game against the 49ers. So I think with their better roster, with Master Safford, who I think is going to have a great game, with Sean McVay, who's an offensive genius, I think they're going to completely overwhelm the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think it'll be a blowout because I still think the Arizona Cardinals are strong in some areas, and Kyler Murray is an extremely dynamic quarterback. So I think that in an extremely entertaining, extremely high-scoring game, the Rams will come out on top and be poised to make a real playoff run in the upcoming weeks. So that is all for the Into the Huddle podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast and ask you to please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't done so already and make sure to watch all the games this weekend it's going to be extremely excited exciting and make sure you stay tuned for our reactions next week have a great day